With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Seton, what if I told you there's a bacon, then there's number one thick cut, tastes like a touchdown in your mouth bacon? You must be talking about Wright brand bacon Mm -hmm. because they are not playing when it comes to the premium quality of their bacon. It's thick cut, hand trimmed, and real wood smoke. Real. And you can tell. So why settle for average bacon when you can have the real stuff? That's right. And if you're looking to upgrade any meal, any meal, try Wright brand bacon. That's called Wright brand bacon. You won't regret it. Experience bacon the right way. You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. I had a Buffalo Bills fan send me a text yesterday saying, best of the weekend, the Buffalo Bills, the worst of the weekend. The Buffalo Bills. <laughs> it was one of those weekends there. But it did live up to what we thought, or far exceeded what we thought. Because there are a lot of point spreads there. You thought Miami was going to get blown out. Uh, you know, Seattle and uh, San Francisco was close for a little while there. Jags and Chargers, we expected that to be close. You had the Giants against the Vikings. I would have taken the points yesterday on all three games, but then I would have taken the points on the games on Saturday as well. You know, you're trying to figure this out, handicap it, and I wondered if Buffalo was in the right state of mind, right frame of mind, where you're taking on Miami. You got DeMar Hamlin. You, you know, this is there's a lot of different things that go into this. Minnesota Vikings, you've been told all year long you're not that good. You shouldn't be here. You're the worst you know, 12 or 13 win uh, team that we've had in a long, long time. Nobody's talking about the Giants. Do you believe in uh, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley? Uh, is this team a good team? And uh, to qualify for the playoffs in a tough division, and they certainly were able to do that. The Niners with Brock Purdy. Well, let's see what happens when you get to the playoffs. The Jags and the Chargers. The next time I talk about the Chargers and I go, you know who I like for the Super Bowl, then you have every right to smack me (laughs) because I'm watching and I'm gloating a little bit because I'm going, okay, yeah, this uh, is a big deal now. This isn't just, hey, we're going to win and then uh, move on, play Kansas City. No, this is, they're really good. What can go wrong here? And then my friend goes, you know the history of the Chargers. I said, yes, but there's no chargering. They're not going to do it this year. They can't do it this year. Give credit to Doug Peterson, that entire Jacksonville team, Trevor Lawrence. They were patient. So much of what happens sometimes when you get a big lead is you don't know, what, you don't know how to handle it. You got to take time off the clock. And, and the Chargers weren't able to do that. They didn't run the football. And when you do a three and out, Tony Dungy said it at halftime. Hey, this is what you need to do. You start the second half, you got to score. And then you got to stop them. And then you got to score. And then if you do that, now all of a sudden you've got their attention. And they certainly did that and pulled off one of the more amazing comebacks in NFL history. Watching the Bengals against the Ravens, I would have taken the Ravens. Uh, 
Thought it was a slugfest, going to be a slugfest, and that was a lot of points. Bengals hold on for dear life. And now you look at the – I got the uh, odds for next uh, week's matchup. These are the early <laughs> odds so far. So the Jags against Kansas City. They played earlier this year. The Jags getting eight and a half against Kansas City. The Giants against the Eagles played twice during the regular season. Giants getting seven points. Bengals versus the Bills. I think this is what we hoped for, considering what happened during the regular season. But uh, the Bengals will be at Buffalo. Bengals getting four. And then we'll wait to see what the lines will be with if it's Dallas or it's Tampa Bay moving on. Right now, the Cowboys are two and a half point favorites over under is 45 and a half for entertainment purposes only. That's according to uh, DraftKings. All righty. We get to phone calls, best and worst of the weekend. Seton O'Connor provides us with the poll question. Dan, why don't we just dive right into it? Worst clock management yesterday, Ooh. Mike McDaniel, John Harbaugh. Um, I'm also going to throw in Brandon Staley with the Chargers because I don't think they managed the clock. You know, the second half, you know, they just kept throwing the football. Now, you can say they couldn't run the football. I got Austin Eckler, and all I heard was, Austin Eckler, he, he's incredible. Okay, then let's see him be incredible. Run some time off the clock. And I thought that that was horrible coaching decision there, or at least philosophy there that they had. So I would, I would throw, you know, Mike McDaniel talked about the uh, clock management there because he thought he had a first down. And uh, here's the Dolphins head coach. Um, that was, uh, it was communicated to me through the um, upstairs, you know, from, uh, from the headset. I think um, I was standing by an official. Uh, I, I had just had gotten convicted information that it was a first down. Um, so I, I don't really know exactly who it was from. It was probably the first time all year that that had happened. So, um, you know, you, it, you, you try to do your best. What the hell was that? Why so secretive? I got it upstairs, I think. Like, I know you don't want to blame anybody, but just say, look, you know, we had bad information there. We thought we had a first down. That's it. Yeah, see. But that was like, I understand that that was the one time they thought it was third down. They got bad information. Yeah. But there was like three or four times just in that one drive where they had to burn a couple of timeouts because they couldn't get the play in. And then they, you know, like it was it was a root, regular problem throughout the last drive or two. And they still had a chance to win. Skylar Thompson did not play well at all. Uh, Josh Allen, you know, he giveth, he taketh away. It'd make me nervous, though. Uh and I've had a hard time embracing Buffalo for the bigger picture. I think that they put an awful lot on Josh Allen. Got to run the football. All of these teams, you get to this time of the year, can you run the football? Can you control the clock a little bit? You know, everybody gets into a shootout. You had six teams score at least 30 points, but it comes down to a series, a drive. Can you stop somebody? Can they stop you? And that can be the difference of moving on. Or being eliminated. Yeah, Seaton. And Mike McDaniel's getting a lot of criticism for uh, those, the end of that game, but it feels a little unfair. I thought they did a great job. And he, I mean, he did too. I, I mean, it's third-string quarterback against Buffalo in Buffalo. I thought that they, that defense was wonderful. 
And it almost emboldened the offense to, you know, all you got to do is just score a couple touchdowns here. We can stay in this game. We're putting pressure. We're getting turnovers there. Uh, the 49ers back and forth with the Seahawks. I somehow like the Seahawks in this game. I like getting the points. And I thought, okay, halftime. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, what's the next game? Uh, and then the Jags and the Chargers. But uh, entertaining. And I think uh, probably exceeded what we thought was going to happen this weekend. All right. Uh, any other poll questions there, Seton? Well, we could pivot that actually into who had the worst Ooh. weekend if we want to start negative, Ooh. which is always fun to do. We tend to do that. Yeah. Because uh-huh. if you throw, we have those three coaches, you throw Joey Bosa into the mix. He didn't have a great weekend. No, he did not. No, he did not. I understand your frustration, but your frustration helped cost your team. And you got you to gotta get your act together. It, you know, air your grievances after you win a game, not during a game. And a, a referee engaging with Joey Bosa, I had a problem with that as well. Joey Bosa, the official is supposed to be neutral, not supposed to have emotions here. Bosa's upset. There should have been a penalty called, offensive lineman moved, and then he gets almost you know strangled going you know after the quarterback. I understand your frustration, but you got to understand you still have a game to play. And that official can't go, what'd you say? You know, walking walking towards Joey Bosa. Can't do that either. That was unprofessional. Bosa throws his helmet. You obviously got to, you know, flag him. And then that helped them with the two-point conversion. Doesn't come down to one play or two plays. As far as blame goes. There's a lot of blame to go around. And the question is going to be, with the Chargers, what do you do? Do you fire Brandon Staley after what happened? Now, I have a problem with the previous week because Mike Williams played in that game. It's a meaningless game. And then all of a sudden, he's got his uh, injured back, and then you're going, okay. Now, you're watching the game, and you're going, well, they don't miss Mike Williams. But just that philosophy. He's a contrarian, what he does, his approach. But you don't fire somebody unless you go, I got Sean Payton who wants to take this job. Now, if I'm Sean Payton, living in Los Angeles, doing TV, this would be ideal. Because it was reported that there were two teams that he would be interested in, and one was the Chargers. I think the teams that he was interested in didn't have openings, and maybe the Chargers do. But if you don't have that person who you go, that's an upgrade over Brandon Staley, plus Chargers, they don't make these moves normally. You know, they don't want to be paying out contracts. And, you know, would you, you're going to pay an awful lot for Sean Payton. An awful lot. But I, I, I would be surprised. Do you bring in Jim Harbaugh? Is that, you know, considered an upgrade as well? Yes, Todd. And maybe they didn't miss Mike Williams in the first half, but in the second half when you got to eat a lot of clock, he could have played a big role in yeah. getting that clock shortened. Yeah. Got to run the football. And, and, if, and if you can't run, then, you know, the Patriots running game when Brady was there with Belichick was their short passes. They didn't have a great running uh, attack. They didn't have that marquee running back. But they had three or four guys who could catch the ball two, three, four yards. Kevin Falk, James White. You, know, you, had, you had that element of let's just continue to move the clock. And Chargers failed to do that. Uh, what else do we have? Yeah, Paul. I want to go back to the Ravens-Bengals game with clock management. 
first and 10 at the Bengals' uh, 28-yard line. Hunley completes a pass to Dobbins for seven uh, for 11 yards for a first down. The clock stops with a minute seven. A minute seven left. They have two timeouts. The next time the ball is snapped was at the 34-second mark. That's that's over 30 seconds of clock running. They huddled up. They had two timeouts. You're you're in the red zone with a backup quarterback in a playoff game and need a touchdown. Why wouldn't you burn a timeout and say, okay, let's settle down. We got a bonus timeout here we could use. Let's make our next three or four plays and try to get this touchdown. Instead, you lose at, at least two plays, offensive yeah. plays, and put Hunley in a position where now it's more of like desperation plays instead of like in control. They had to control the game in the clock. Yes, he and that was after the Ravens burned like another minute or something where they could have taken a timeout at like 221 or something like that and instead let the clock run down to the two-minute warning. And that even in the, the broadcasting team was like, man, this is a lot of time being eaten off the clock. Where They got you know one playoff in something like a minute or something. It was terrible. I never understood that where you're watching and then they eventually, as time goes off the clock, 20 seconds, then you go, man, let's call a timeout. Like, you would think you would go, okay, here's the scenario. Let me be one, two, three plays ahead. Yeah, that would have been three plays that 20 seconds. Yes, yeah, but, but you're going, okay, if this happens, do this. If this happens, do this. It, it's almost like we're in the moment instead of you're in the moment, but think about what's going to happen after the moment and then after that moment. And you, you had a couple. And, and, you know, I understand Mike, Mike McDaniel in that crowd noise is going, you know, probably, wait a minute, do we get, we got, we don't have the first, and then it was like nine seconds, you're still in the huddle, and you're going, hurry, come on, you have no, t-. and then they don't get the playoff. Now, that play would have been blown up anyway, I think, but you had the chance, and then, you know, the incomplete pass, but, I mean, it was wild, but, you know, these ebbs and flows, and you're seeing teams like Cincinnati, how confident are you in, you know, Cincinnati going to Buffalo, but then how confident are you Buffalo hosting Cincinnati? Jacksonville, oh my gosh, what are they going to have left when they go to Kansas City? San Francisco's waiting for somebody. And could you imagine Brock Purdy in a six-week span is going to beat Tom Brady twice? What about the Giants against the Eagles? Eagles had uh, this past week off. The Giants, man, they're celebrating, dancing in the locker room in Minnesota there. Danny Dimes, Saquon. Can you carry that? You know, that's that's where you're trying to handicap this. A lot, a lot of storylines, man. All of a sudden, everybody's all in on Daniel Jones. I'm like, the franchise didn't even, you know, give him a new contract. It's not like, yeah, you believe in Daniel Jones now? Sure. But his own franchise didn't believe in him. They're like, you know, I think we need to see another year with you. Hey, you believe in Saquon Barkley? Sure. The team didn't. They didn't extend them. Now they probably will. Does Dave Gettleman, the former Giants GM, <laughs> take a victory lap at all with any of this? Like, does he get delayed credit? You know, it's like, and by the way, Dave Gettleman, the former general manager, did a pretty good job in drafting. Yeah, Paul. Remember Daniel Jones, last year they did not pick up his fifth-year option. His fifth-year option for 2023 yes. would have been $22 million under contract. They, that was the Giants' choice. They didn't. So now they have to go into this offseason, after what he's done so far in the playoffs, as a complete free agent. And you got to think he's going to be making minimum $35 million a year. Right? Probably. What, what other option? And that would be a friendly contract in this day and age. He's talented. He's just not. 
you know, I, I wanted to see him with a good offensive line and a couple of weapons. But he can run. He can throw. You got a healthy Saquon Barkley. <laughs> right, th- those are, you know, I'd like to see those things. But the Giants didn't provide him with that until, I guess, this year. Daniel Jones is a boss. Danny Jones. <laughs> Question mark? <laughs> Deceptively athletic? No, he's athletic. Okay. No, he's athletic. I didn't realize it just recently, so maybe that's on me. No, he's athletic. Like, I always thought Danny Dimes was like sort of ironic or like tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> yeah. It's real. Yeah. It's a real nickname. Yeah. Meant s- sincerely. Yeah. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I mean? even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Ross Tucker is with us. CBS Westwood One color analyst. He was on the uh, call at the uh, Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins. Um, It was a great listen. You were great. Wow, thanks, Dan. That coming from you. No, you were. That, that means that, that means a heck of a lot. I really appreciate. It. I enjoyed it. Obviously, it ended up being a much better game than I anticipated. And certainly, when it was seventeen nothing during the commercial break, Dan, I'm sitting there thinking, "Oh boy, it's going to be one of those days uh, where the second half is going to be a blowout." But Dolphins kept it close. 
It was probably the longest NFL game I've ever called. I think it was four hours. At one point, I literally said on the air, Dan, it was three o'clock and it wasn't halftime yet. <laughs> I was like, what, what is going on right now? Yeah, and you start to wonder, oh, do I have stories to fill? And what are we going to talk about? And then all of a sudden, now, did Miami stay in the game or did Buffalo allow Miami to stay in the game? I think it's more the latter. I really do. I think it's more the Bills' turnovers, which is why I have a tough time picturing them going to the Super Bowl and winning it. Yeah. You know, this has been consistent for them. And honestly, Dan, it's a lot of Josh Allen. He is phenomenal. He's so entertaining. Might be my favorite quarterback to watch. He made some ridiculous plays again yesterday. But he consistently does not take care of the football, whether it's interceptions or – he fumbles a yeah, lot. Yeah. I think he had fumbled five times against the Dolphins in two games coming into this one. Now, obviously, they you know they recover a bunch of them, but he's he's loosey goosey with the ball, and so that doesn't mean it'll happen against the Bengals, right? They might beat the Bengals, but they got to win three more to win the whole thing. And it kind of feels like in at least one of those three, Josh Allen will probably have a couple turnovers that will be the difference in that game. I mean. The one interception was horrific. You know, the fumble was really bad because he saw he saw Eric Rowe coming, and then that ends up being a touchdown. The Bills' turnovers are what let the Dolphins stay in the game. Talking to Ross Tucker, his uh, podcast is Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Yeah, I'm wondering about that, and I I haven't been on Buffalo's uh, you know train the last two years, because it just feels like they asked Josh Allen to do an awful lot. You almost have to play a perfect game. If you're going to win a Super Bowl, you you just can't have those those ebbs and flows that he has. But I think that's just because they don't have a running attack. Um, he probably tries to do too much there. I thought they were going to be like, we're going to blow you out, inspirational. DeMar Hamlin will be up on the Jumbotron. Like, you know, Dolphins don't have Tua. And it felt that way. And then all of a sudden, Miami crept back in it. I'm wondering about this as the Dolphins move forward. They said that Tua's, they're going to have Tua come back next year. It's an obvious answer now because they can't be honest about it. But do you think that Tua is the starting quarterback for the Dolphins next year? I do. Yeah, I do. I, You know, he's just so inexpensive, Dan, compared to what anybody else they would try to get would cost you know he's making the his fourth year of his rookie contract it's very affordable and I think people lost sight of this a little bit he led the NFL in yards per attempt he led the NFL in quarterback rating I mean Tua had a fantastic year are there concerns about his concussion history absolutely there has to be they have to get a backup quarterback that can play. And I think, by the way, that was a disappointment, what they got yeah. out of Teddy Bridgewater this year. Yeah. I mean, he started two games as a backup, as a highly paid backup. He didn't finish either one of them. And then Teddy wasn't able to play the last two games because of his pinky, so they had to go with the rookie, Skylar Thompson. I think I think Teddy Bridgewater was a disappointment as a backup quarterback. So, yes, I think Tua is the starter. They hope that he can protect himself. They hope the concussion stuff – since he didn't play these last couple games, he gets the whole offseason to heal, that he'll be okay next year. But they better have a pretty darn good, viable option to back up. Let's go through the teams that lost. Now, we just mentioned the Ravens, or the, uh, let's go to the Ravens. We just mentioned the Dolphins. 
Who's the starting quarterback for the Ravens next season? I think Lamar Jackson on the franchise tag is going to be the starting quarterback, would be my guess. I don't see how the Ravens just let him walk. I mean, I would imagine they franchise tag him one way or the other. They either franchise tag him and he plays for them for one more year, franchise tag him and sign him to a long-term deal, or if it gets acrimonious, Dan, if he's not happy about it, then franchise tag him and trade him somewhere else. I was thinking about that watching last night, watching Snoop Huntley play pretty well and move the ball pretty well. I was thinking, I wonder what the Ravens front office is thinking right now. But even that, he's not as good as Lamar. There's still a significant difference between them. I think they want him to be there. He's just asking for a contract that the Ravens cannot do. Dan, they can't do it. He, he's missed at least five games the last couple of years. With his style of play, you cannot give him a five-year fully guaranteed contract. And I think we might have talked about this last week. Deshaun Watson playing the way he did at the end of the year isn't doing Lamar or any of these guys any favors to try to get those type of contracts. The head coach of the Chargers next year will be? Probably Brandon Staley, but I would strongly consider moving on. Strongly. There's so many red flags to me. I mean, you know, this. other people might not care about this that much, Dan, but but you, you'll get what I'm saying here, okay? Okay, you wanted to have your, guy, your starters play against the Broncos. None of us understood that, but that's what you wanted to do. After the game, when he was asked about it, Dan, he said, well... We only have 48 guys that can dress for the game. We don't have enough backups. So this is what things that really bother me. <laughs> Brandon, if you're going to make a decision like that, at least have a better logic or reasoning. Don't tell us after the game, well, there's not enough uh, roster spots. The Giants, Brian Dable didn't play his eight best players against the Eagles. And, and even if that's your argument, why did Herbert play till five minutes left in the fourth quarter? So, And then later on in the week, when Mike Williams didn't practice, okay, and they said, aren't you worried that Mike Williams is missing reps? He said, not really. This part of the year, rest is more important than reps. No, no <laughs> he said it four days after he had those guys play in the game. So I think the Chargers are going to consider it, but are you going to get rid of him without knowing for sure that you have a better option? That's the thing. If they fire Brandon Staley, it'll be like two weeks from now when behind the scenes – they get a Peyton or they get somebody that they are confident is better. Well, that's the key. If you say, well, we don't want to have him as our head coach, then who's the upgrade over Brandon Staley? If you don't get Sean Payton or I guess Jim Harbaugh, I don't know if he has any ties to the Chargers, but if you don't get that significant upgrade, then you're not going to make that decision. Speaking of the Chargers and the Jags, do you want to give America your stat of the day on Trevor Lawrence? Is that me? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Didn't you um, didn't you tweet out that he hasn't lost a game on oh, set? What are you oh, doing? Yes. Dan, sorry. Yes, I didn't know that was my stat of the day. That's a stat false day, start by you. No, you don't even get the music now. That's a <laughs> false start. I you said it and you're like you're so proud of it. Mr. Saturday night, Trevor Lawrence has never lost a game on a Saturday. 
Now, so I want to know how many high school <laughs> games he played on Saturday. Although, by the way, like he should never have lost a high school game. And then those two games he lost at Clemson, neither one of them was a Saturday. I don't even remember that. But yes, yeah, but they that don't was play. My stat. They don't play. By the way, I stole that from somebody else. I don't know who I stole it from. I stole it from somebody else. Oh, okay. So I didn't really look at his my stat of the day. But thank you. All right, they don't play high school games on Saturday. They play on Friday. His two losses in high school were on Fridays. His two college losses were on a Monday and a Friday. He's never lost a game on a Saturday. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I just realized they play the Chiefs Saturday. He can keep that streak going. <laughs> you, you, you talked over the music. That what Saturday. You butchered that. Hope Sorry. Yeah, hope you're happy. Uh, I guess Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley earned uh, contracts. Everybody's all in on those two guys, long-term contracts. Is that I'll make you uh, the GM of the Giants. What are you doing with those two guys now? I think you have to. I mean, look, uh, th- there's always a number, right? I mean, there's some point where the the money's too much, and maybe you don't do it. But they also have to pay, they have to pay Dexter Lawrence too. I mean, John Mara is going to have an unprecedented opening of the checkbook this off season. It's funny you go from Dan where it's like they didn't want to extend those guys because they weren't sure. Now, I guess it's a good problem to have, but now it's like, oh, crap. We got to pay all three of these guys. We can't let – I mean, that's maybe our best defensive player, our best offensive weapon, and our quarterback who's playing really well. But that's – like I said, that's a good problem to have. How was the uh, Bills tailgate? So good. So good. So – I. Saturday night, I met up with some of my podcast listeners at uh, Bar Bill Tavern. Probably the best wings I've ever had. Like Cajun honey barbecue, honey barbecue. I mean, just I can't. I haven't had that many wings since like college. It was amazing. Did you drink beer, Dan? It was a Saturday night <laughs> in America, and I was in Buffalo. Yes. Of course I drank beer. Absolutely I did. There's always that fine line, though, because it's a 1 o'clock game. So it's like, you can appreciate this. How many beers can you have and enjoy yourself, but, like, not jeopardize your voice or your performance the next day? I went out with Nick Mangold one time in New York City, Jets offensive lineman. Yeah. And uh, we were ordering beers. And he he ordered a pitcher, and I thought the pitcher was for the table. He drank out of the pitcher while we were drinking beers, and he was just holding a pitcher like it was a mug. And I went, okay, <laughs> I got respect for that. Got it. So I think I posted on Instagram, but I'll put it somewhere else. I had a picture with two pitchers like that. I now I was pouring it into a glass. Okay, but I had I I was, I was rocking the Labatt Blue Light. That's my <laughs> that's my Buffalo beer from my playing days. Uh, who do you got tonight? Um, so I think the move is okay. If we're talking betting, I think the move is to take the cow. I mean, I'm sorry, the Bucks up to eight and a half. Pair it with the Chiefs down to two and a half in a two-team six-point teaser. Because right now the Chiefs are favored by eight and a half. So you move them both six points. You get the Bucks plus eight and a half. I love it. You get the Chiefs minus two and a half. I love it. If we're just talking straight up money line or even laying the two and a half, 
I think I'm laying it with the Cowboys. They're the better team, man. I mean, look, it'll be it'll be interesting tomorrow if the Cowboys can't even beat the Bucs, can't even win a playoff game okay. this year. More likely to change coaches if the Cowboys lose tonight or what happened to the Chargers. Cowboys lose tonight. I think if the Cowboys lose tonight, Mike McCarthy will be done, and I think Jerry Jones – will go hard for Sean Payton and probably get him. I real I really think tonight if McCarthy wins tonight, I think pretty good chance he keeps the job. If he loses tonight, I mean, Dan Jerry Jones not a spring chicken. You know, he's not getting any younger. I think he wants to take one more big run at this. They've got a pretty talented team and if McCarthy can't even win this one tonight, I think I think he'll do everything he can to get Sean Payton into Dallas. Better job for Sean Payton if the jobs were open, the Chargers or the Cowboys. Well, there's a lot of interesting dynamics there because let's talk about the power structure and let's talk about how much control he has. Because I think, I, I know Sean likes LA. I think he likes Dallas. I think it would come down to money a little bit, but I think more it might be how much say he has, right? Like how much control he has over the personnel. Because he had a lot of control in New Orleans. I think he's a lot more likely to get that probably with the Chargers, but it'll it'll probably come down to that. Just feel like he has more control over the process. Thank you, bud. Talk to you. Absolutely. Thank you. Talk to you next week. That's our good buddy, Ross Tucker. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Pauly Fusco here with Tony Fusco. Yo. As you all know, we're the host of the number one rated show in all of sports talk, the Pauly and Tony Fusco Show. Numero uno. Yeah, and we know why millions of people tune in every week. Yeah. They want to hear us talk sports, not our idiot guests who think they know more about sports than we do. Yeah, listen to these dummies. You don't know crap about sports. Nothing. Uh, you don't know nothing uh, about football. This is the worst thing Wait, I've ever he's been Wait, he's still on the line. Get off the show. Oh, off the show. You don't know basketball. If you want to hear how sports talk should be done, yeah. listen to the Pauly and Tony Fusco Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We may- this episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. 
You know, you get those pieces, like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the, I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you can also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like digging for treasure or a robot Pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Take wave for Daniel Popper. He covers the Chargers for The Athletic, senior writer for The Athletic. Let's, I guess, build up to what happened over the weekend there, Daniel. Brandon Staley's place here, rumors, uh, Sean Payton, all of that. How much of that was on the front burner, do you think, going into this game? Yeah, I don't know so much Sean Payton. I think heading into the game, what was really at the forefront was the Mike Williams situation, um, where Brandon Staley makes the decision to play his starters in that Week 18 game, a meaningless Week 18 game. He does it because he wants to maintain momentum, maintain a rhythm, which is something a lot of coaches have done. Uh, Mike Williams suffers a fractured back in that game, and they are missing one of their most important pieces. He says Mike's going to return to practice, doesn't return to practice. He says Mike is going to travel. He doesn't end up traveling, um, and they miss him in that game. Um, And that was really at the forefront and a lot of people questioning why he played his starters in that game. But I think the organization was aligned in that decision. So I don't internally, I don't think any of that noise was getting through. I don't think there was ever a consideration for Sean Payton, considering, you know, how much he's going to cost in terms of draft compensation, in terms of the contract itself. Um, but mo- losing Mike Williams, I think that was hovering over the organization more than anything else heading into this game. What were you thinking at halftime? I'll tell you what. I left to go grab a soda, and I walked past Eugene Fournette of the Florida Times Union, and I told him this game is going to be close. That's what I said, because I felt it. And I've covered this team for four seasons. And you just know, after that fumble, towards the end of the half, they punted away. The Jaguars score a touchdown. You can just feel it. And you just know with this organization, it's what I wrote about after the game. You just know that inevitably it's going to happen. And you felt the crowd just get back into it a little bit. Just enough, right, to make you feel like, okay, they got a chance. And that place was loud and it was rocking. And you felt just enough of an energy there at the end of the half where I felt like, hey, I knew it was going to be close. It was inevitable. Why is it when we look at the Falcons melting down to Tom Brady in the Super Bowl 28-3, to it's on Matt Ryan, not Kyle Shanahan. But what happened against the Chargers against Jacksonville is not on Justin Lawrence or Justin uh, Herbert. It's going to be on Brandon Staley. Hmm. Well, I think that depends on how you frame it. You know, the way I look at it, everyone's at fault. Justin Herbert missed a throw to Keenan Allen in the first half. He was wide open in the end zone. If they score that touchdown, they go up 31-0, and the game's probably over. Instead, they kick a field goal. 
and it's 27 and nothing. He missed a screen pass throw. He had three passes bad at the line. He missed a touchdown pass to Keenan Allen that went off a player's helmet inside the five-yard line. So I put it on everybody. They couldn't run the ball. Justin Herbert didn't play well enough in the second half. The defense completely melted down. Like when you when you blow a 27 and nothing lead, you can't just pin it on one person. I know in the media we love to find one reason for why things go wrong, but that's just not the case, particularly in football. It's always a lot of different things, and in this case, it was everybody. Brandon Staley have an exit interview this week as far as exit no. of the season? Is that coming up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll have discussions here, uh, you know, yesterday, today. They'll, they'll have conversations, you know, over the next couple of days um, as an organization to figure out what the, what the best way to move forward is. Because, like, in reality, when you blow a lead like that, even though you made the playoffs for the first time since 2018, even though you're improving – you know, something has to change after you have a debacle like that. But let's factor in ownership here. Mm -hmm. Uh, How different are they from other ownerships around the NFL in, in making a move like this or not making a move? Yeah. You know, they tend to stick with coaches longer than most owners. You know, there are a lot of owners out there who will make snap decisions who will have knee-jerk reactions, especially after something like this, um, who will fire Frank Reich and name Jeff Saturday head coach, a guy who's you know never been on a sideline as a head coach in his career. You know There are owners out there who will do that. I don't think the Spanoses are those type of owners. They like to see things through. They like to give their coaches a full opportunity to, in Anthony Lynn's case, turn things around, and Brandon Staley's case, to keep things building. And I think, like, in this case, they are building to something. And I know this this feels like a huge step back because you blow a 27 and nothing lead on national television. But talking to these players over the last couple of days, they feel like they are building something here. And they feel like if you move on from Brandon Staley, and especially defensively, you have to start over from step one. Like that is a daunting task for these guys because they just felt like over this down the stretch of this season that they had started to really come into their own in this scheme, figure out their roles in this scheme and start to play defensively the way that they felt like they were capable of. And they don't want to have to do that reset and and, and you know cultivate those relationships over again. Joey Bosa's role in all of this. Uh, did you talk to him after the game? Yeah, I talked to him after the game. He said he's going to have a lot to say at some point, but he doesn't want to get fined any more than he's already been fined. Um, I said, okay, and I went and (laughs) moved on to somebody else to talk to because you only get so much time in the locker room. Listen, that was the first time I have seen Joey Bosa really react in that manner in my four years covering him. And he has a very firm understanding of the rules and how the game should be officiated. And if he is reacting like that, I get a sense that there was something happening over the course of the game where he felt like he wasn't getting calls, whether it's holding, you know, whether it's illegal hands to the face, whatever he felt like should have been called. He didn't. And I felt like the first penalty led to the second penalty because the first penalty felt like he got hold held. He went and yelled at the referee. He said something to the referee that forced him to throw the flag. They got into a little bit of a spat. And then from that point on, you're not going to get a call. Like you're you're relying on the referee to make a holding call because it happens on every single play in the NFL. And um, but then you can't react like that, you know, two point conversion, smash your helmet in the ground. You couldn't wait to go another step. Cause as soon as you get in the sideline, it's not a penalty, but you do it on the field. It's a penalty. And that moves the two point conversion from two yards to one yard. And, and that was a huge difference in the game. And, and he took responsibility for it yesterday. Who's the head coach of the chargers next year? Brandon Staley. Yeah. I think he he's, in my opinion, he's earned another season. I think the organization feels like he's earned another season. Um, he's young. 
and he's inexperienced. And they knew that when they hired him, they knew that he had been coaching in division three in that point, five years ago, at this point, six years ago, there's going to be a learning process for him in terms of how he wants to go about things. And he's going to make mistakes like being way too optimistic in the public sphere when he's talking about Mike Williams all week, um, like, you know, altering his fourth down decision-making from one season to the next season. But the things that are important, he is very good at. And I think the hardest part about being a head coach in the NFL is developing relationships with players, earning their trust and cultivating a sustainable culture. And I feel like Brandon Staley has achieved those things. He has improved from first his first season to his next season. And I feel like the organization thinks that he's building towards something despite this step back. And I really feel like Brandon Staley is going to be the head coach. Now, the rest of the coaching staff, we'll see. But I feel like Brandon Staley will be the head coach of the Chargers next season. Daniel, thanks for uh, joining us. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Dan. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This is Ashley Iconetti from the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous podcast. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. If you're committed to living a healthier life, you might want to look into working herbs into your wellness routine. There's a reason people have trusted them for thousands of years. Nature's Way understands that nature is the ultimate problem solver, and they're constantly inspired by the power of nature. For example, their ginger root and slippery elm bark have been traditionally used for digestive support. And St. John's wort, holy basil, and ashwagandha can provide mood and stress support. And because Nature's Way sources from around the world and does a ton of comprehensive potency and quality testing in their state-of-the-art lab, you can be sure you're getting top-quality herbs. To learn more, visit naturesway.com.